welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It's Fonger News. We are continuing our college basketball preseason preview. We're here in the office of my alma mater, Long Beach State University, with head coach entering his 14th year, Dan Munson. Might be 15. I don't know, but I, 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 I'm a, I got a math degree, but it's from Idaho, so I'm not sure I'm, I'll take your word for it. We'll go with 14. Oh, maybe you finish 14 years and... I uh, have over 200 wins here at Long Beach State and entering his 15th year. Dan, it's good to see you. Good to, good to see you, Fawner. You know, you you, you cl- claim your alma mater, but you run around to Irvine and Modern Day and all these other schools a lot more than you do here. So it's, yeah, I'm glad you're still claiming it, but you know, it's it's like we tell our players, it's your actions, not your words. So we got to see you around a little bit but, more. Right? And that's, I guess, yeah. why I'm here. I'm glad you uh, welcomed me in with open arms. There you go. It is, this wasn't even here when I was back with Harrington and Greenberg. We played at the gold mine, and they always talked about the pyramid. This is something special. Yeah, it really is. And it's a house that Michael Fong built. That's what they call it, you know. <laughs> it, uh, but, but it really was, you know, I always say that, you know, buildings were built by the people before you, you know, the the when you were here and the interest and that, um, you know, Ed Ratliff and and um, uh, Glenn McDonald and Lucius Harris and all, all the all the great players, you know, before the uh, pyramid are the ones that built it because they're the ones that put the interest in the Long Beach State basketball and and got the boosters fired up enough to, to get the money to get a beautiful place like this built. Yeah, and you know, just it's great because you do see some of my former teammates' jerseys hanging up there. And which it, ones? Uh, well, Sweet Lou and B. Russ. There you go. Right. There's Brian Russell. There's another great one, and I forgot. Yeah. Right. My, like my era. You're talking. We had Hodges, Wiley, and Ratliff. I mean, that's who we looked up to when we when we used to come out here. Yep. Yep. Those are uh, you know those are the legendary. Uh, uh, years in, in Long Beach State basketball that we're, that we're all aching to get back to. So what is it going to take? I mean, you've been here. Uh, you were Big West Conference coach three years in a row in the, I think, early 2011, 12, 13 in that era. Has it changed much differently? Like, how can we get Long Beach State to that winning program uh, that we're used to? Well, the landscape has definitely changed. It's not it's not the same as it was when Lute Olson and Jerry Tarkanian were here and there's just you know so many more schools are putting so many more resources into into their division one basketball programs the, the league is has gotten better you know there's there's better uh coaches and programs you know Santa, Santa Barbara has always been good but now Irvine you know Russ Turner has, has put them at a different level and uh you know there's just more parity in college basketball not just at the top but in the middle and and uh with the transferring of Student athletes. Originally, you know, that was, uh, you know, we thought that was going to be an advantage for us. It being, you know, in the LA area to get a lot of bounce back kids, and we did. But, but uh, you know, so did everybody else in this area. So, uh, you know, uh, again, it's uh, there's so many moving parts right now to college basketball that it's uh, kind of a revolving door, and it's just you know trying to get everybody. Um, uh, to, to stabilize the program, and and uh, you know that's something that the last few years, and we we took some some uh, high level kids that uh, maybe weren't didn't fit into the program as far as their character and or academically or whatever, and, and uh, that that set us back, you know, when uh, 
And I think we've gone back now to maybe, you know, quote unquote, my type of kids, you know, that are uh, maybe not quite as talented, but their character and, and uh, their substance of them, you know, hopefully will, will help us, uh, the program, get back to where we need to go. Be specific. Your type of kid, what are you looking for from that high school kid or even someone in the transfer portal? Well, um, you know, uh, you, you have to have talent. You know, I mean, that's, it's just like dating. You know, the first thing you look to is that physical attraction, you know, and, and uh, it's, just, it's the same with, with that. But there, you, you have to dive in deeper and, and uh, you know, you have to do, you know, this day and age, you got to do a lot more vetting. And I think, you know, uh, when, when I've been successful with the Casper Wares and Larry Andersons of the world, you know, or the James Ennises, you know, it was kids that, that, that came in and, 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 and really wanted discipline. They wanted direction. They wanted to get better. They just, uh, you know, their, their own personal goals maybe weren't as much. And, and uh, as, you know, everybody has personal goals, but it's getting that balance and, and trying to, to find kids that are good enough and talented enough and yet you know are buying into the the team first um uh, uh philosophy you know i've seen a lot in 30 years and you have obviously more but is there a change in that type of player today than there was like when you're at gonzaga well i think so i think and especially now you know this last year with the portal and everything it's just it's, you know, and my own kids are the same way. I mean, it's not just basketball. It's societal changes that instant gratification, you know, nobody's, nobody's got a lot of interest in grinding it out and waiting their turn and, and, and developing and, and, you know, uh, taking a year or two to, to master their craft and, and uh, you know, um, and just stick with something. And when it gets hard, you know, uh, I think in society now, it's change is, is the answer to that. And back then, you know, you didn't have those options. You had to, you know, 10 years ago or however long, or as they say, back in my day, you know, you, you, you had to... <laughs> back in my day. Exactly. You had to, you know, grind it out and, and, and figure it out yourself. And now, you know, there's just a lot of safety nets of trying different things. And, and I'm not saying that's bad at all. That's just a, of how it is. Student manager. Obviously, this podcast is called The Student Manager, and I credit it because of what I did here at Long Beach State and, and using my passion to now go help high school students and parents with the college search and admission process. Today, how many student managers do you carry on your team? That's a good question. I, uh, because because um, we don't have any money for it, you know, they're not all here every day, uh, you know, depending on their schedule, and we practice it at uh 1:30 in the afternoon so that's a heavy time for classes so they they kind of come and go and we just started up so i barely you know uh barely have a lot of their names because they're not returners they're all they're all basically new uh because of covid they didn't let us the, the they only let us have one student in the bubble mm-hmm. last year so that was where you really noticed how valuable they are and it COVID was, you know, horrible experience for all of us. But out of every horrible experience, you get some some positives that come out of it. And 
one of them for me has been, you know, just taking things for granted, you know, like having fans at a game or having managers to, to help you, you know, through, you know, the ups and downs, you know, and, and getting practice organized or getting meals ready or all those kind of things. I mean, last year, uh, you know, uh, we only had uh, like three or four people and, and I had two coaches that opted out. Uh, due to health con- concerns, so it was a, a very uh, interesting thing. And with one manager and a graduate assistant, was about it. Um, how much? How much they do behind the scenes? It's a job that goes pretty much unnoticed, except for example, a head coach or inside the family. Really, the assistants, because it gets it's a trickle down like any other profession. You know, the head coach tells assistants, and the assistants do what they deem they need to, and then they hand it down to the director of basketball operations, and he de- does what he deems it needs to, and then he hands it down to the managers. And so, you know, it's a trickle down effect, but uh, they get a lot dumped on them that everybody else doesn't want to do. You know, the the, the things that, that are really necessary, and they're they're very invaluable for it. And and my DBO was my only manager last year. I moved him up. He's the youngest DBO in, in Division One basketball right now. I and uh, because he did, you know, he saved us last year. He was, you know, he did the job of, I think the year before we had eight. I think we have about five or six. You'd have to ask the assistants, I think, or, or, or Alex or, or DBO exactly how many we have. But what we have a really good sports management program here mm-hmm. in, as a, as a um, graduate program. And so um, a lot of our managers are, are graduate assistants. They seem to have more time. Their, their classes are at night. Uh, those kind of things. So uh, I would say we have more graduate managers actually than we have actual undergraduate. Here. So what you're saying, it's not too late. If I want to go get my master's or grads, I can come back and you know carry my whatever year of my student manager job. Theoretically, uh, you are you are absolutely right. You are are not um, uh, too late. But realistically, I would never hire you. So you know, um, Seth doesn't have enough good things to say about you. He's just you. You don't have you don't have anybody to make a phone call for you and vouch for you. I guess you're right. Right. The scouting report on Fonger is no. No. He he told me about that airplane ride to Hawaii. That was enough. That I. That's all I needed. That's that was like our first introduction because I mm-hmm. think I wrote you a letter congratulating you on the new position and you said. Said, that's when I go, I like Munson. First thing you said was Hawaii. And I said, okay. And you know, to this day, when I get together with Greenberg, every time he introduces me to somebody, he brings up that story. It's like the greatest story. That's a, a whole uh, story for in, its, uh, in itself. But so what I'm, I guess you don't have any, like back in my day, there I, there's that terminology again. I actually wrote to Harrington and Greenberg and was I, that's my sales in me. Yeah. I was asking for that position, and and I talked to a lot of parents with students, and I said, "Have you has your kid ever thought about being a student manager, either being a former athlete or someone that just wants to get in the school?" That doesn't happen these days. Oh, sure it does, absolutely does. I mean, even though we don't pay, you know, uh, we we have we have a lot, and we turn down a lot. We we have a lot of kids that 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 want that experience and want that on their resume. I think it's we we tell them we don't. You know, we can't pay you monetarily, but we can pay you as far as, you know, life experiences, reference, you know, phone call, you know, you know, like I said, you know, uh, probably for you, uh, you're laughing, but in all seriousness, uh, uh, Seth Greenberg is probably your number one go to reference. 
you know, because, you know, and uh, Eric Lautenbach said an interesting thing to me. Eric Lautenbach is a director of basketball for Nike and has been 30 years, you know, been the, the liaison from Nike to college basketball coaches. And, you know, from, you know, I mean, he sits in the, the Mike Krzyzewski's film rooms to Tom, Tom Izzo's pregame meal to, I mean, he's, you know, and he's, he's become a real good friend of mine over the, over the 30 five years I've been doing this because we got in at the same time and back then we'd have a, uh, at Gonzaga you know we were so thrilled to have him we invited him and he was just like the uh, field guy at that point but he was our field guy at Gonzaga and so we, we had him flew him in to thank him for the, the free shoes because we didn't have the money to pay for shoes back you know back in my day <laughs> when I was the head coach at Gonzaga so we flew him in and he was still he was about 25 26 and was really still in shape he played at, at, at George Fox and uh, um, he uh, would go through uh, pregame or you know pre-practice with us and shoot lay-ins and just loved it and we became friends ever since I got on a little tangent there but the moral of the story is is he he says that uh, you know um, that's one of the most powerful things that, that that they look for is people that have been a manager uh, at, at, a, at a division one school and and uh, his his number one right-hand uh, 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 guy was a manager at Duke for Mike Krzyzewski. And his theory is, and, and their theory at Nike is, is if they're willing to do all the, the little things, all the grunt work, all the things that nobody else wants, those are the kind of people we want working for us that, that have that, that go-getter that, that, that can balance so many different things because you know, they're, they're in school you know, um, uh, at the exact, you know, you know, uh, amount of any other student and you have to, you know, it's a, it's more than a 40 hour a week job and, and, uh, and it's not glamorous. It's, and they're not getting paid for it. Like they could make a whole lot more money give, getting 40 hours at Starbucks or McDonald's or whatever. They're doing it for the love of the game. And that's, you know, why Eric said that they, they, you know, it's one of the go-to uh, people that they hire there or former managers. My son is doing it at Boise State. He's a, he's a, uh, a student manager for Leon Rice who, you know, goes mm -hmm. back to the Gonzaga days. And yep. So, yeah. So I'm a big believer in, in the value of, of what it does, not monetarily for you, but for your, like I said, life lessons and your work ethic and, and just your resume. I think that discipline and organization was the key thing I took away how to multitask. You're right. Our practices back, I still remember it. I tell people it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday from two to five, but I had to be in the locker room like at one, if not earlier, and stay later to shag, shoot, lock up the, the locker room, do the laundry back then. You know, Tuesday, Thursday was five to eight o'clock, but there was the other things that you got, like traveling, right? Yeah. Um, are, are, the, are, are the gear. But more importantly, I, I think was, I'm fortunate now because I was on half scholarship. They actually did pay. So that, that I look at that and it's amazing. When you're not coaching, because I know you have a family, you're a great family man, but when you're on this campus, when you're not coaching, because now I want to kind of sell Long Beach, what's your favorite place to, of the campus just to get away and maybe go get something to eat or drink? What do you like about this campus? Well, it, it, it keeps you young, you know, because you walk around and, and uh, you're like, you know, you see the... You know, it's a it's a beautiful campus, and it's it's got you know young, beautiful people that are are, are in you know smiles on their faces and, and learning and and engaged in in a in a you know and, and that's why I love coaching because 
you deal with young people and it keeps you young and uh you know to be honest this is a beautiful building but i don't do that enough because you know just like the other day when it rained i i you know i come from the pacific northwest where i, I love a, a good rainy day where you you know you've got the fire going and, and you're reading a book or whatever and watching tv and and we had a, the big rain came through here monday and you know i was in here at seven or eight in the morning whenever i got here and uh, left at six at night and you, you see all these people but there's no windows in the in the pyramid right so in my office i have beautiful view but it's of the court and i don't have any windows to the outside so you miss the the beautiful 74 degree day with not a cloud in the sky and the birds chirping or a rainy day you know so you have to get out and walk around and and see, I, I, I walked to campus yesterday to go get a flu shot, uh, and it was clear at the library, which is all the way on the other side of campus. And, and I, it, was just, it was just an awesome experience to do, and I'm like, I got to do this more often. It's great. You go lower campus, upper campus. That was like the best walk. Well, you were looking at all the girls back then. You I, know, I'm, I'm, I still am. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You left... Before, obviously, Long Beach State, you, you've had a couple of tours. And obviously, I want to help my audience and followers. Gonzaga, I've had some guests on from Gonzaga. I've had the missions director from Minnesota on, which I think is a beautiful, amazing campus. Maybe not in January or February, uh, but you've also spent uh, some time at, I think, UAB as well. I mean, I mean, I remember we played there with Gene Bartow. But what were some, uh, just high level, what, Gonzaga, Minnesota, some highlights about the campus, not necessarily basketball, but just the campus and the environment, the students, the people, the town. Well, yeah, I, I've been, I haven't been to a ton. I've been fortunate in this profession that I've, this is my 35th year uh, at three places. I was at Gonzaga uh, for 12. I was at Minnesota for eight. And now this is, I believe, my 15th. So that's eight, 12. Again, the, the, the Idaho math degree is slow, but it does work. I believe that's 35. But Go Vandals. Um, go Vandals, yeah. Um, opening their, their building here November 10th, uh, their brand new building. I'm really proud to be an alumni and go back and be the first game in there. So, But, um, uh, but they're all unique. And college, co like I said, every college campus just makes you feel young. It makes you feel energy. It makes you feel good about America. It makes you feel good about your community. It makes you feel good about yourself. And so I've been just really blessed to be able to spend that much time on college campuses you know and they're all different and they all have their own strengths and weaknesses and you know it's funny as you're i think this is about you know um uh you know picking a college and what it's about and and you know and everybody and you know when we're recruiting kids we always tell them you know you need to have you know two or three things that that, that are important to you that you're you know when you go to this campus that, that, that they need to have for you to to uh to uh, feel like it's home, feel like it's what you want to get your experience out of. So my, my oldest daughter, um, she was a cheerleader at Los Alamitos High School and she, she didn't hit it off very well with the, with the cheer coach or the song coach, whatever it was. And about, a, you know, she decided not to go out her senior year. Maybe it was her end of her junior year or mm -hmm. whatever it was. And, and um, uh, so she wanted to stay in shape. So she had a friend that was in crew and uh, I didn't know anything about crew. I didn't know how it worked. You know, it's kind of, but they have good crew down in this area. And, and so she just wanted to try it. And three months later, she had 30 or 40 schools recruiting her 
you know, and she and uh, she's not the best athlete or anything, but she's got a lot of grit, and I'm really proud of her. She she uh, has done really well in it, but. Um, She's so, a senior now. No, just so, was, she, so let me finish my story. You, you're interviewing me, uh, and so I'm, you ask me <laughs> questions. And my, my stories are long, but I'm, you know, give it to you. But uh, so she gets started to get recruited at colleges. So I give her the the Dan Munson, you know, uh, recruiting spiel. You got to get two or three things, you know. And I mean, she's on the phone one day, and I said, "Honey, who are you talking to?" She said, "Leahy." And I said. If you Lehigh is going to spend the money to recruit you, you need to know how to at least pronounce a school. Just like Fonger, if, if Gonzaga ever recruits you, you can't say Gonzaga or they won't take you, you know. Uh, but anyway, so, so she writes down she wants, you know, she wants a, a, a football school. You know, she really wants the atmosphere to, to be there, you know. She, she wants, um, uh, because she said, you know, I want... Uh, to experience other big time right. sports, and and I, she says I want good weather because if I'm going to get up at at six a.m. You know, when crew is, she says I can't be doing I can't be freezing, you know, and I want I want it to be you know to where I can get back and forth easy to, to the family where her her three things. I said those are three great things, so she goes through her forty schools and picks and she picks USC. And I'm like, okay, that that's that fits all three criteria. They got the big football. They've got the good weather. They're easy, obviously easy to get back and forth. She picks SMU. I'm like, okay, got the good weather. Got the. I think academics was maybe it was four things. Academics was important. She's a real good student. Um, uh, got the got 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 the uh, uh, big time football and sports and everything. It makes sense. And she picks Gonzaga. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Gonzaga, you're going to freeze your rear off at 6 in the morning there, okay? They don't have football, all right? You, you know, to get a direct flight there and get to Spokane from here is, is, is I said, uh, she said, well, you know, you coach there and grandpa, all four of my grandparents live there. And so, you know, I, I just want to check it out. So, of course, as, as you would guess, she's on her second year that she won the West Coast Conference in her boat last year as a freshman at Gonzaga. She's a sophomore there, uh, thriving and loving every second of it, but freezing her rear off every morning uh, and, and loving the change of the weather and uh, uh, couldn't have picked a better situation. I mean, she was not even off USC's campus, and my wife was like, She's going to pick because she's she got a scholarship, but they you know that's not a full you know right. it's just a and so we were sure she'd pick USC because you know it's great school, great you know close to everything. Well, she's like she'd already been to Gonzaga and she's like this doesn't feel like the campus I'm looking for. This doesn't feel like you know the you know the just the the community that I'm looking for. So you know a lot of it is and and we've really we've got our third one now. This is senior and he's gone to I think seven or eight schools because. We're really into, you know, I think you get on a campus and you can, you feel it. You know. You feel it, you know, and they don't have to be recruited and have people talk them into it like basketball players do or football players. But I, I would encourage any parent to invest in in letting them go look at the place instead of just reading about it or having somebody tell them about it. But when you walk on those campuses and you look at the buildings and you, you go look at a dorm room and those kind of things, you feel home or you feel comfortable or you don't. And you know, this is a great segue because you're a parent. You have your son at Boise State, you have your daughter at Gonzaga, and you have a senior right now. And, and, a, and a sophomore, and I didn't quit there. I got a sophomore in high school too. Uh, you don't <laughs> understand. I, Coach Munson has these letters, the holiday Christmas letters that Darcy produced. 
and I think we stopped, right? Or did you have one last year? No, I retired year? on those. I know, I... those are so good. Because <laughs> it kind of gave me like the caught up story because mm. you never invite me back on campus. So now that I'm, I'm here, I, I, this is why I love doing podcasts mm. because it can go in any direction mm. and you just get talking stories. This reminds me of that time we're on that bus going to, was it Prem? That's the yeah. first time I'm like, okay, Munson's a fun guy to hang out with. <laughs> but as a parent, you're worried about my coaching, but you like me as a guy. <laughs> I do. I, I really do because you're like fun. And I, you know, this is my podcast. I can talk about whatever I want. I just, I, I like having fun. I like drinking. I could say that. But I also like winning too. Um, so that's, that's a whole nother topic because this, this conversation is about helping high school students and parents with the process. As a parent, what advice, because you've gone through it with two kids already. Right, and I, I have one in Seattle and one in Wisconsin, having the time of their lives. And you have two more here at Los Al, and I have one in high school. And I try and help out parents all the time. What advice would you have to parents? Because it's stressful on the kids, and parents going through it for the first time, it's stressful on them. What advice can you share with a parent? What to well, do? What again, not to do? Again, I, I, I think college experience. I think you get too wrapped up in the academic side of it and not enough in the in the experience side of it and uh you know i mean it's obviously important to to um to to get a great education you know but but most colleges are going to give you that great education you know and it's 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 the the people you meet and if you're not if you're not happy at that place and all you're doing is going to the library every day and you get out of there and you don't have people that are to put on your resume or you don't have the experiences to put on your resume or anything it's it's really not you know it hasn't been a fulfilling and you've you know you're not haven't gotten your money's worth and some of these the the staggering cost to these you know but uh i and that's why i think also you need to give them the time to let them check it out and uh and uh, and invest in that in the front end before you get there and they, they they don't have a good experience or they don't like it or they want to transfer or 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 those kind of things. So I I would just say you know uh, just let your kids listen to their gut a little bit you know and, and listen to them about what like I said with my daughter you know uh, she thought she knew um, but but then you know her gut gave you know once she went through the process. And, and sorted through it, you know, or got said, well, football's not, you know, maybe it's not in a, as important to me as as having, you know, uh, my, my, you know, my grandparents here, or where my dad used to work, and everybody I know a lot of people, or those kind of things. It just she felt at home, she felt comfortable in a in an environment that she had no idea because she'd never been been a part of it before. I always tell students and parents everything happens for a reason, and it all works out. It really, truly does. It works out, and and it's their journey, not like our journey, right? Especially probably with your senior and your sophomore at this point you're saying wherever you want to go yeah i want them to be happy but i also don't want to be broke you know and i don't want them to you know i'm not you know i'm not gonna you know let one go to usc and get a, a you know a, a degree in kinesiology you know and teach teach pe you know uh my dad said that to me he said hey you're you know you can go coach but you're going to get a degree in something other than you know physical education you're you know you've you've got to be able to do other things you know and be more versatile than that and so I got my that's why I got my degree in math and a minor in, in uh, uh, computer science and, and a minor in physical education so you know you can still chase your dreams but also cover in case 
you're Molly Munson and you get there and it, you know it's different than you what you thought. And so you, you know you talked about your dad, a legendary coach, and I always like to ask questions like this. What's probably one thing that you there's a many I know, but one thing that just sticks out in your mind that you learned and you took away from your dad in terms of coaching. He taught me. He taught me to be myself. The biggest thing coaches try to do is they, they'll read John Wooden's book and they want to be John Wooden, and then they'll read Bobby Knight's book and then they want to cuss at him and, and be Bobby Knight, and then they'll and then they'll watch a film, you know, watch Mike Krzyzewski at practice and try try to implement, you know, something he's doing, you know, and you get ideas from people, but you at, at the end of the day you got to be who you are, and uh, I always say that that my dad taught and Judd Heathcote taught me what it is to be a coach because being a coach. And coaching and, and how to coach are two different things, you know. I mean, be, you know, there's so much more of coaching. I've, I've got, before practice, I've got, you know, uh, a meeting in my locker room with a couple guys. I've got an individual one coming up any minute here to see me. You know, those are the things that people never see, you know, the things you have before practice, after practice, the, the accountability that, with these with these guys that you you know you're trying to do you know uh but you know i learned actually the x's and o's and what to do from dan fitzgerald at gonzaga you know it wasn't like my dad and i sat home and and talked about his zone defense or or you know how how he's scoring in a low post or any of those kind of things you know uh i, I learned that you know uh from from my mentor at, at gonzaga and, and gene bartow at uab and when i got yep. my master's i worked for him we could talk hoops. We could talk about this all day long, but we know we got practice coming up. And I told you we'd keep this short, simple, and to the <laughs> point. And no one's going to want to listen to my pod. I, you know, I try and keep it just short and simple. Sometimes I have podcasts like 45 minutes, hour, because you could just talk and hear stories. People want to hear stories. You have great stories. Well, I'm old, and, and the older you get, the more stories you have. You don't you don't have any more uh, present or future, so you, you you live in the past a little bit. But it's it's fun to revisit the past for me, you know, because I've had great experiences at Gonzaga, and in Minnesota it didn't end great, but but I had eight great years there, you know, with great people and 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 great experiences. And I always say I wouldn't be if I wouldn't have gotten fired there, I wouldn't be the father I am, the the coach mm -hmm. I am, the. Uh, um, uh, uh, husband that I am, uh, because you know, once you get hit adversity, you know that's when you find out who you really are, and and, and going through things like that. So, you know, I I, I have uh, uh, not great stories, maybe, but great memories. Well, and that's a whole story in itself, because that Hawaii story that you brought up, that's I mean, my relationship with Greenberg now is probably stronger than ever, more so now than back when we were in college. If we we could sit here and talk about stories, because. One story I really want to talk about because my daughter goes to University of Washington and I know you're from up there. You almost went to Washington to become the head coach. Well, I did. I took it for a night. Uh, <laughs> as uh, uh, Bobby Kremens would say it, I was part of the flip-flop club. Yeah, because I think he did that at South Carolina or somewhere like that. And yeah, and there's been a few coaches that have done that. But I, I did take it one night with Barbara Hedges and told her I, w I was coming. Uh, I was on my third year at Minnesota or second year after two years at Minnesota I you know wanted to come back and and yet you know I'd I'd, I'd promised a kid named Rick Rickard who was a McDonald American who had committed to Arizona and then and then he flip-flopped and came to Minnesota you know uh and I had you know talked him into coming and he'd been there for a year and uh uh um and so you know I I took it and uh 
but the next morning I woke up and couldn't, you know, I couldn't get, I, know, I, I just I had that gut in my feeling like Molly had a good gut and her feeling about Gonzaga. I had a gut, uh, feeling in my gut that it was wrong. You know, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing right. it. I wasn't doing it professionally because at that time, Minnesota was, uh, you know, we'd been to the uh, uh, postseason, uh, like 13 and seven years, 17 past years. And Washington had been like three of 17 and they were averaging 14,000 people and and um, Washington was averaging three or four. And so it just didn't feel like the time. And I was just so new at Minnesota. It didn't feel like the time was right. Joe Hampton, right? Yes, sir. All right. So I'm going to put Joe Hampton on the spot because first I watched you. Phenomenal. Right. During the COVID thing. Right. So I was our former student manager at Long Beach State way back when. Why did and this podcast is all about the college search and admission process. Right. Helping students as well as parents pick the right college. Why did you come to Long Beach State? Um, I chose Long Beach State because it was uh, such a family environment, um, especially when uh, I was going through a lot. And back in 2017, uh, Coach Munson, he opened the door. He saw the potential that I had. And he he basically uh, gave me another chance to succeed, really. Um, and it was just that family environment that I was used to because I grew up like a strong, like, AAU team and we always were around each other, had each other's back. And it was that similar similar vibe when I came here back in 2017. And then when I went through what I went through doing the COVID stuff and my life changed drastic, drastically, um, Coach Munson, he kept the door open for me. And it was that, that, that same family vibe. Hey, family right here. Are you on track to graduate? Yes, sir. What are you majoring in? Uh, American Studies. Got to do is finish this semester and a, a few credits in the in the spring. So we're really proud of you know he's he's what you coach for you know you try to bring people. I get emotional, but he's he's uh, he's why I'm here. I mean, this is unscripted, Joe Hampton, because I saw that whole you just listening to your story is amazing. A lot of people talked about it. I've known I've known Coach Munson for a while, uh, and. You know, I look up to my coaches when I was a student manager. That They were my parents, right? They, they were my parents. So that's amazing. You just heard, totally unscripted, Joe Hampton, Long Beach State Power Forward. We looking for a good year this year? Yes, sir. And Coach Munson, Long Beach State, Fonger News of the student manager, out.